Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, good morning, everybody. It's absolutely fantastic to see you all this morning. Now, I'd just like to say at the start, if you are a fan of Twitter or a fan of Facebook, if at any point during my message I say something that you think, that's quite good, that would bless someone, feel free to take out your phones and put a tweet or put something on Facebook because we want to bless others, don't we? If we hear something that's good, you've got permission to pass it on, as long as you don't start playing games on your phone instead. Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dave and I had the rare opportunity of going out for a date. It doesn't happen very often with three small children Busy lives here and there. But a couple of weeks ago, Dave said, we're going on a date. I'm going to organise it all. And I'm going to take you to see the new James Bond movie. Has anybody seen it? Give me a wave. Quite a few people. But we didn't go the week after it came out. We went on the opening day of the film. Now, this is extremely rare for Dave and I. We usually leave things that late. It stops showing at the cinema. It's already come out on the DVD, and we end up renting it about three years later on Love Film or Amazon. So this was was a big occasion. So Dave booked the tickets. We got babysitters. We went along... And we joined the hundreds of other people at the Odeon. And we enjoyed watching the new James Bond movie. And it was good. We had a good time. The movie didn't scare me too much. Managed to sit all the way through. And we had a good time together. But if you're a James Bond fan, you will know that James Bond is Agent 007. And he's always on a mission. He's always given missions which tend to be very, very scary missions. But I wonder this morning if you and me often find ourselves on a mission. Maybe sometimes you find yourself on a mission to buy something. I've seen that thing in the sales. I'm on a mission to get to the shops and to purchase that item. Maybe sometimes you're on a mission to find something. A few weeks ago, here in church, we were on a mission to find Catherine's keys. We were in the bins. We were under the chairs. We were all over this building on a mission with one goal, to find Catherine's keys. Eventually, we found out I had accidentally picked them up without thinking and put them in my bag. So we did eventually reach our mission. 
and come to our conclusion of finding Catherine's keys. Maybe sometimes you're on a mission to start something. Maybe there's a task or a project that you think, I've just got to get going and start that thing. Maybe sometimes you're on a mission to finish something. You've started it. You've now got to complete. If you find yourself here today and you're in a work environment, maybe at work you're on a mission to complete projects, to hit deadlines, to meet targets. You're on a mission to do those things. Maybe if you're here and you're a student, maybe your mission is to get that essay in on time, to finish that coursework, to read those books that you know you've got to read. Maybe if you're a parent here, one of our biggest missions is to get our children dressed, to give them their breakfast and to get them to school or nursery on time. And we've achieved our mission We're all on a mission of some description. We're all out to accomplish and to achieve something. But in the busyness of life, in the routine of life, in the cycle of life, I wonder if you've ever paused and asked yourself, well, what what does God want me to do with my time? Maybe you're a guest here this morning and maybe you wouldn't necessarily say you've got a belief in God. Well, I'll I'll let you off the hook with that question this morning. But for the rest of us who have got a faith in God, I wonder if you've ever paused and thought, well, what, what does God want me to do with my time? Outside of my routine, outside of my work and the things I need to do, What is it that God would really want me to do with my time? And I wonder if God has really got a mission and a purpose for my life outside of just my daily routine and the daily things I find myself having to do. And this morning we are in part three of our series called We Are The Church. And the last couple of weeks, Davis took us on a great journey of unpacking what is the church. And we started off with this um, account in a book called Matthew in the Bible. And I'm just going to read where we left off. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples who were his close friends at the time. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus goes on to say, yes, that is absolutely correct. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the last two weeks, we've been learning that actually the church isn't a building. It's not a religious location that we come to. But indeed, those of us that have a relationship with Jesus, that we are the church. Not this building that we're in, 
But we are the church. The church is a group of people that meet together with purpose to find out more about Jesus, to grow in their faith with Jesus. You see, when we invite Jesus into our life, something happens straight away. First of all, we have a new identity. You're no longer the person that you were before. But when we invite Jesus into our life, we are a new creation. A new creation. You have a new identity. But not just that. We learned last week that we have a new responsibility. What does that mean? Well, first of all, Jesus says to us, right, you are my church. You're my special people. So now, I want you to grow in your maturity. What does that mean? It means to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to learn more about him, to be together just like we are today in this gathering so we can grow in our knowledge of him. Growing, but then also there's something else attached to that. Going, going in diversity. So we've unpacked what growing means. And today, it's my absolute privilege for a few moments to unpack with us going. What does that mean? Going. Going where? Going to who? Going to do what exactly? Well, this morning, I've just got a big idea. It's something that I'm just going to keep drawing us back to throughout this message, which will hopefully help us to understand where we're going this morning. And it's really simple. My big idea is this, that God seeks to send. God seeks to send. Let's unpack that for a moment. You see, throughout the Bible... We see a picture that we've got a God who is a sending God. He's a God that constantly sends. So in the Old Testament, which is the part of the Bible before Jesus came to earth, God was constantly sending people. We would call them prophets which would be messengers. And God would send the prophets to the people to say, listen, God has sent me. I've got a message for you. You need to stop doing what you're doing. You need to do this. You need to remember God. You need to get yourself sorted out. And God's people, the Israelites, would, okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. And then, a bit like you and me, They'd make another mistake and they'd go off track again. And God would send, say, right, I've got to send somebody else. And throughout the Old Testament, over a span of hundreds of years, God sends. God sends. And eventually, God decided, I am sending no more prophets. But I'm going to send something I have never sent before. I'm going to send something for one time and one time only. God sent 
Jesus. And we've heard, haven't we, in a few weeks, we're coming up to Christmas. The very first Christmas. Why do we even have Christmas? What's it actually all about? It's because God sent Jesus to earth. That's why we have Christmas. See, God could have decided, I'm going to send an angel, the most scariest, wonderful angel ever to earth. Or God could have said, I'm going to send a real sign. I'm going to send some of my miraculous powers to earth. But actually, no. God decided, I'm going to send the most precious, the most greatest thing I've got. Indeed, I'm going to send a part of me. I'm going to send my son, Jesus, to earth. But why? Why did he send Jesus? Why did he have to? Why couldn't he have just sent more prophets? And you see, we find that answer to this in a book called John, written by one of Jesus' disciples called John. And it's in John chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. So let's read it together. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God sent his son for two reasons. First reason is to fully display to you and to me and to all mankind that God loves us. He loves you. He can't do anything else more to show you that he loves you. He sent his son. He sent his son from heaven to show you how much he cares, how much he wants to be involved in your life. And second reason, God sent his son into the world so that you and me wouldn't spend an eternity without him. And you see, friends, the reality is, as Christians, we know that the Bible teaches us that we live once. We get one shot at life. We're not going to come back 76 times in different forms. But the Bible says we get one shot and we're living it now. This is it. But at the end of our days, however young or old we may find ourselves to be, at the end of our days, this old body, it is going to die. Some of us might be pleased about that. It is going to die. But actually the spirit part of us, that's going to carry on living. And the Bible teaches and Jesus taught that actually, once we've left this earth, there is an eternity. And it's either going to be an eternity in heaven with God, with his son Jesus, or there's going to be an eternity separated from God, away from God. We don't fully know what that's going to feel or look like, but it's not going to be good. Anywhere away from God, anywhere separated from God, is going to be a sad place. And part of the reason Jesus came is because he wants you in heaven. He wants you in eternity with him. 
He doesn't want you to be separated from him when we leave this earth. He loves you and he wants you to spend the rest of eternity with him. You see, God seeks to send and God sent Jesus. So is that the end of the story? Not quite. Annie and Catherine, I need your help at this point if you want to come and join me on the stage. You see, we're going to take a moment and we're going to say this morning, for all those listening on podcast too, we've got Annie on the stage. And we're going to say Annie is God. We've got Catherine on the stage. We're going to say Catherine is Jesus. So, Annie, if you want to take Catherine's hand. So we've just unpacked there that God seeks to send and God sent Jesus. Is that where the story finishes? No. It gets even more exciting. You see, because after Jesus lived for 33 years, was crucified, he then came back to life after three days and he then spent 40 days with his close friends. And at the end of the 40 days, Jesus gathers his disciples, his close friends and says, listen, I'm done now. I'm going back to be with the Father in heaven. My time is finished. But listen really carefully. God sent me. I am now sending you. Naya, come up and join us. Naya's joining the stage. Jesus takes the hand of Naya. God sent Jesus. And Jesus said to his disciples, now I'm sending you. Now you're going to continue what I began. You're not going to start it because I've started it. God's already sent me. I've already come. Now I'm sending you. You're going to continue what I've started. But guess what? Don't be scared. I'm with you. I'm with you. You don't have to be worried. I'm with you. I'm with you. God sent Jesus. Jesus sends you and me. And we're just going to look at Matthew chapter 28. And some of us know it as the Great Commission. But this is simply what Jesus said. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I'm with you. Always. Even to the end of the age. Jesus is sending you.
Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. I don't even know if I actually believe in Jesus. And you're talking about him sending me. Well, just relax. That's absolutely fine. We're all on a journey. But if you're here today and you know you've got a relationship with Jesus, he's saying to you this morning, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. God seeks to send. We have Naya here. Jesus is sending Naya. Naya might be thinking, well, sending me where? Sending me to do what? Sending me to who? This is all sounding rather scary. Sending. Sending where? But you see, friends, where you are now in your world, that's where God sent you. You're already there. You've already been sent. We just need to let that register and take hold of our opportunities day to day. Your workplace, where you are, God sent you there. It's a job. Of course it is. It's an income. That's important. But actually, have you ever thought that God sent you there for even more of a mission than doing an awesome job and getting through everything? God sent you there. The house that you live in and the neighbours around your street, God sent you there. God sent you there. Just maybe there's a neighbour that really needs to know that Jesus loves them. And just maybe you're the one that Jesus is saying, I'm sending you. You're already there. You're already there. Maybe you've got friends, colleagues, family. God's already sent you. He's just waiting now for you to say, use me. You see, it's a great saying, and it says, a missionary is not someone who crosses the sea, but a missionary is someone who sees the cross. For many of us, the reality is, we may never go on a boat to the other side of the world to tell people about Jesus. But you know what? We don't need to. Because where you are right now in your world, in your life, in your circumstance, is exactly where Jesus is sending you to. If God wants to get you to the other side of the world, he'll do it when he's good and ready and you don't have to get stressed. But right now is where Jesus has sent you to. Sent me for what? Now I was asking, well, okay, he sent me. I'm at work, I've got friends. But now what have I got to do? Have I got to argue and convince people, look, you've got to listen to me, I've got something to tell you. Have I got to cajole people into God's kingdom? Have I got to make them believe? You know what Naya's got to do? Naya's just got to tell her story. See, for every single one of us here that have invited Jesus into our life, you've got a story. You've got a story in your life. Maybe it's a story 
of where God has brought you from and where you are now. Maybe it's a story that God has healed you supernaturally. Maybe it's a story that once you were blind spiritually and now you can see. Everybody has got a story. You may look at your story and think, it's not that exciting. It's not, I can't write a book about my story. But guess what? It's still your story. And God has still given it you. And God is sending you because he wants you to tell your story. Tell your story. God is seeking to send Let's give them a round of applause and say leave, shall we? (laughs) So Jesus is sending us. Jesus wants us to share our story with the people that are already in our lives, that are already there. But how do we do this? How do we do this? And I'm just going to throw out four Four things that have personally helped me so much in my life just to share my story. And hopefully they may help you in sharing your story. And the first one is by loving people. You see, everything starts with our heart. It was the love that God had in his heart for you that made him send Jesus. And first of all, God just wants us to love the people in our world. God wants us to love the people in our lives. How do we do that? Doesn't mean we've got to go out and kiss everyone. They might think that's a little bit strange and want to keep away from us, in fact. We've got different personalities, but in our personalities, We can show people that we love them by doing kind things, by maybe buying someone a coffee, by maybe spending an hour with someone that just needs someone to spend an hour with them. There's all sorts of ways that we can love people. And just a few months ago, I was praying for just some of the mums at school that I've become friends with. And I just felt God drop a thought into my mind one day, and it was simply this. Become their friend first before you tell them about your friend, Jesus. Become their friend first, and then you'll have permission to tell them about your greatest friend, Jesus. God calls us just to love people, just to love people and not just to love them so we can get them to come to this physical location or not just to love them so we can then tell them all about the Bible. But first, just to love them because you know what? They're God's children. That's it. God God made them. God loves them. So we should love them too. Secondly, We can share our story with people by looking. And what I mean by this is looking. Say looking. We use our eyes to be people that are outward. 
So for instance, when we're going to the shops, when we're in the workplace, we can be people that look around. What's going on? Who's around me today? Who's behind me in the queue? God, is. I wonder if there's anybody here that just needs a bit of love, needs a bit of encouragement. We can look. But often it's a challenge, isn't it, in our busy world. <gasps> Head down. Get through the jobs. No one talk to me. I've got limited time. But often God's saying, Dave, are you looking? Are you looking? Who's around you? What's going on? We can look at the physical, but also looking goes even deeper than that. Sometimes God will prompt us to say, look a bit deeper. Someone may look at someone and think, Annie, Annie looks absolutely fine today. She's dressed, she's done her hair. She looks fine. Someone else might come and look at Annie and just sense God saying, Annie's, Annie's not actually doing too good. Maybe Annie needs a bit of encouragement. Maybe Annie needs me to pray for her. Maybe Annie just needs me to say, how are you doing today, Annie? So we can look at the physical but we can look at what is beneath the surface as well. What else can we do? We can listen. We've had our heart. We've had our eyes. Now we're moving on to our ears. We can listen. And of course we can listen in the natural to who's around us, what's going on. But what I really want to come at with this now is actually God wants our spiritual ears to be open for those of us here that know Jesus he wants he seeks to send us with ears that are spiritually open and what I mean by this is you can be going around your normal day-to-day life and if you're saying to Jesus Jesus I believe you're sending me You're sending me. I'm already here. I've already arrived. Just where I am with the people I'm at. Then God, through his Holy Spirit, will start to put things in your heart. Maybe it's a prompt. Maybe sometimes you'll just see someone and you'll feel God say, go talk to that person. Go say this to that person. Go give that person that amount of money. Go and... Call that person up that you had a dream about last night. Go and make a visit to that person that you keep thinking about this week. And that is God speaking to your spiritual ears. And just this week, just a quick story, just to really bring this alive. On Friday, Dave and I were just in a coffee bar in Coventry. We don't go there very often at all. And we sat down and we were having a coffee and it was quite a busy little place. And this dear little old lady came and sat at the table next to us. And she came in with her um, walking frame and she was squeezing in. And we stopped talking and we said, you okay? Do you want us to move the tables and the chairs? Can you get in? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm fine. Sits down. And off she goes to buy a bacon sandwich. She comes back and she sat down and I looked at the lady. I used my physical eyes. 
And then I used my ears and I felt God say, I want you to reach out to this lady. I sent you to this lady today. It's not by chance you're here and she's here at this time. So I thought, well, God, I'm going to go with it. Because there's no point kicking against God. Just go with it. Have a bit of faith. Have a bit of courage and roll with what you feel God is saying. So we were chatting and Dave was deep in conversation. So I thought, well, first of all, I've got to stop him from talking. So I just let him carry on talking as I just looked to this lady. Dave is still talking. I said, wow. I said, we just started chatting. So it's quite busy in here today, isn't it? And she went on to say, I'm 94 years old. And I come out shopping every week here on a Friday morning. I've been married for 65 years. And a couple of years ago, I lost my husband. I get lonely, she said. But I like to come out the house. It does me good. She said, you know, there's a lot of bad news in the world today. We don't hear a lot of good news. And we just sat there and we were chatting. And then we'd got an appointment to get to. And I said, you know, I said, we've got to go now. But me and my husband, like, we're Christians and we believe in God. And I was just wondering, before we go this morning, maybe if we could pray for you, maybe just ask God to carry on blessing your life. And she said, I would love that. So I took a hand, we kept our eyes open in a busy cafe and we just prayed, God, would you bless this amazing lady? Would you keep her safe and bless her? And we prayed a few of the really simple things. Amen. She looked up, she started crying. I then nearly started crying. Dave wasn't crying, he was watching. And she said, wow. There's not many people like you around. She said, I really believe that God is with me and he's helping me. And we left. We said, we hope we'll get to see you one day again. See, God sent us in that situation. But why? Because we were using, first of all, our heart. We thought, we want to love this lady. We used our eyes. We could see her. And we used our ears just to bless her. And just as I have to bring this to an end this morning, you see, we are the church, a a group, this company of people. But, you know, we are the only club on the planet, if you want to call us the club, that exists for its non-members. We exist for everybody else that's not already here. We don't do this just for us, so we feel nice every week. This, the church, the rock that Jesus said he was going to build on, it's not for us. We exist to go. To go. God seeks to send And God seeks to send his church, his people, 
into the worlds and the lives and the communities where we are now. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for everybody who's not yet here. And this morning we've heard some great things about Christmas. Our carols by candlelit service, we're not doing it for us. It's too much hard work just to do it for us. Why are we doing it? We're putting something on. We're laying a table, as it were, because we want to invite. We want to go. We want to connect with everybody that isn't already part of God's church, God's kingdom. That's why we're doing it. Because God is seeking to send. But as we've heard, it takes you and me to make a decision to get on board and to say, okay, you're sending me Jesus, what can I do? I can take those invitations. I can come do that hamper packing. I can share my story with people. And I'm just going to finish on just one last quick story before we then have a response. But I've got a great friend, and I'm going to call my friend Polly. And I've been friends with Polly for a couple of years now. Polly doesn't yet believe in Jesus. And throughout my couple of years, friends with Polly, I've often shared a little bit of my story at her pace, what she can handle. And just this week, I went to see Polly and we had a cup of tea and we were talking and Polly said, you know what? I'd like to read the Bible, Leanne, but I don't know what to read. I've never had a Bible. The night before, I felt God say, when you go and see Polly, put your little pink Bible in your bag. So I said to Polly, guess what? I've got my Bible in my bag. (laughs) Shall I get it out of my bag, Polly? She said, please, sit down and read me something. So we read a bit of a psalm. Then we read a little bit of Jesus being born. And we read something that really disturbed Polly. Something that she said, why did God let that happen? Why did God let a bad thing happen to those little children? And I said, Polly, it's an amazing question and it's hard. And we sat in Polly's lounge and she looked up to heaven and she said, God, I'm sitting on the sofa with Leanne and I want you to tell me why that bad thing happened because I don't like it and I'm upset about it. And we carried on talking. And a couple of minutes later, Polly said, Leanne, she said, the most incredible thing has just dropped into my mind. She said, I think God has just spoken to me. And she went on to sit on her sofa and speak out. I believe God said he's given us free will. And actually, we're the ones that do things sometimes that cause the pain, not God. He's given us free will. And she went on to speak and she sat on a sofa and she finished and she said, what on earth just happened then? She said, it's like God is sitting on the sofa and he's talking to me. And friends, she said these words, which I'll never forget. 
She said, it's like I've been awake all my life. I've been going about, I've been awake. She said, but it's like on the inside I've been asleep. She said, it's like I've been awake yet asleep. And she said, today, I feel like I'm starting to wake up on the inside. I feel like I'm starting to understand. She said, and the silliest thing is, it all makes perfect sense. And I understand it all. Friends, we are the church. We are the church. You are the agent that God is seeking to send. Let's stand together. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life.cc.org.